Here we go. Let me just get everything set up. Let me get everything set up again. Then put put on some other elegant music. There we go. That one's quite fast, isn't it, Jason? It is. I'm dancing. <laughs> on my screen, it says replays or off. Is that true? Let's see. Maybe they're not. We'll wing it. What do you think, Jason? Are the replays on? Are the replays on? I hope you are. Ah, it says replace the rock. It does, isn't it? Let's go. Hey, everyone, relax. I'm going to have to start the room again. Nah, we can work it out. Well, I'm recording on my computer, which is all the important thing. So, let's wing it. What do you think, Jason? We want to start okay. the <laughs> We're going to do it. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go for it again. I got to do it from the top now. So this is an Architecture Social and Global Architects Alliance special. So today we thought we would talk about something I felt was very important. So there's so many part ones that I kind of, they've hanged up, they work on in the exhibition they've got their models in the, on the plinth ready for everyone to see and now we've got the, the realization that actually we we need to find the job and how do you go about that search well i think it's a very interesting thing it's a very hard thing at first just getting a job what do you do people talk about it do i get together a cv do I, what do i do do i assemble a portfolio and we're going to cover all that over the next few weeks weeks and talk about it in more detail but today what we're going to talk about is actually the architecture search we're going to talk about finding a job in architecture, finding your first job in the industry. That's what we're here to do. And we can overcomplicate things. We can think about the CV. We can think about the portfolio. We can think about, oh, my gosh, what font I should use. And all those things are really important. But first thing is first, before actually going into the search, we need to start thinking about what that actually entails what the point of it is what we need to do and today we're going to talk about strategizing at the start because if you think about it what is getting the job what, what what does that entail well from the employer's point of view they've got a problem in their business and you need to be the person that fills that gap helps them out in their problem and when you're starting in the industry at first, you're not going to have all that experience of building regulations because you're just starting. You're not a mind reader. That's going to come in time. But what you do have is ambition. What you do have is guts. What you do have is integrity, drive, and passion. And you can get all that experience, but you need to showcase your personality, your strengths, and any experience you've got today, that's going to be a little bit of a bonus. But you need to do all of that Make sure that the employer sees that so that they take a chance on you. And hey, if you've got some software skills, then that's a bonus as well. If you can plug in and be a bit of a Revit guru, 
that could be really useful. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to go through together. And people can, if you've got a question, we can go for it. Otherwise, no drama. If not, me and Jason can ping pong off each other because Jason, as well as running the Global Architects Alliance, which is on Clubhouse, actually, um, he's trained him as an architect. Well, that helps in the conversation. But more importantly, as well as rising the ranks, and now is a hiring manager. So it can offer a little bit of insight in all the CVs that he sees, as well as being a coach. And I think that's important, not just about advising people what to actually do, but actually, as well as that, seeing all the mistakes that people make. And I see a lot of mistakes as well in terms of architectural recruitment. So without further ado, let's open up the conversation a bit. Jason, first of all, how are you tonight? Are you okay? I'm great, Stephen. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's just perfect timing to do this subject with um, a lot of university students coming to um, the end of their their kind of year um and you know they're, they're, they're hunting that for that first job and in fact you know i've been asked to do a talk um on you know to manchester school of architecture mm. and it's it, it's partly on this subject because i think um you know what, what i see is a lot of um you know uh, you know um, architectural assistants are not are not really prepared and I did this for the first time last year and had this discussion, you know, a discussion you're having now. And um, it got so much response that I've been asked to come back and, and, and sort of double the time that I'm speaking, um, you know, for, for, for this year. And in fact, I'm doing it in uh, two weeks time. Love it. Amazing. All right. Well, I think that's perfect. And And just before we go on to that, so what did you think, Jason, as, as important as the search is? How can you do, can we do a little interlude? Can you rate my clubhouse start? So what do you think? Do you think that I, I've kicked off the room really well? Do I need to do more sound effects? What do I need to do to keep people in the room? You're the expert. Oh, well, so sound effects are, um, sound effects are always fantastic because I think it's one of the only rooms on clubhouse where that actually has um sound effects i, I wish i could uh, do that myself but i think hey, you know i've i've got i've got a honking yeah. horn but i couldn't i couldn't organize the room at the start but you're gonna have to teach me these things but i tell you what you'll teach me that but for anyone here in the audience cause we're all about learning I used to be a part one architectural assistant. I was a part two architectural assistant as well. And when I was looking, it was the global pandemic. I didn't have no rich uncles. I didn't have no aunties or family members which were architects. That would have been nice, but I didn't have it. And what at the time, it was the global recession. There was no jobs out there. So strategizing uh, the job search, I kind of done it by accident. And there were some things I did right, and there were some things that I did wrong. And one of the things that I did right, Jason, was that I sent my CV out to a lot of places. So before we go into that, before we go into all this stuff, what I want everyone to think about is actually um, what it entails to actually 
do the job search? What are the components there? It's the CV, it's the portfolio, that's the actually designing a covering letter or getting that email. And once you've got that, that's kind of like the design of it all. You've actually got to go out there like a mailman and package it. You've got to, you've got to send your application to a lot of places. You've got to get that CV and portfolio in front of companies. Now, how do you do that? That's due to, that's what I call the delivery phase of it all, of the job search. So you've got the design phase at the start where you're going to get this CV and portfolio ready, but equally as important, I mean, if you've got the most beautiful CV in the world, it doesn't matter if people can't see it, right? And you've got to get that out in front of people. And that could be implying on job boards, but that's probably as well going to actually be um, you applying to the company's direct. That's what's called the speculative, speculative application. And if you think that only 20% of jobs or even less, I think it might mean like 10 to 20%. There's a factual number online somewhere in between that, but the statistic is quite low. If those are the only jobs that are advertised, there's 80% of jobs out there, which is just knocking about. And if you're a part one architectural assistant, you need to apply to companies directly because recruiters don't really recruit for part ones. So that stops that. You've got to be your own recruitment consultant. You've got to take it into your own hands. You've got to make sure that you are the person that convinces the employer. You've got to get in front of them. So as much as it is important to design that CV and portfolio, you have to really think about delivering and getting in front of people. Now, Jason, in your experience as well, do you find that some of the students that you mentor struggle finding jobs or where have you seen success? Is it people are going out there and actually getting in front of people? Well, I can I can definitely um, tell you my thoughts on this subject, and and I think that the big the big problem for me um, is when students start the job search just as they're pinning up their final work um, at university, and then just um, expect you know that they'll send some CVs out and then they'll get a job. For me, mm. you need to start searching for that job three years back. Mm. You know, and then what I mean by that uh, is you should be building up your um, presence online, um, whether that's through LinkedIn, whether that's through, um, you know, all the other platforms like Instagram, um, but also building up your profile, your own personal profile. I think that is that is a good place as a starting point. Um, so when you do need to search for that um that first architecture assistant job, um, you, you, it's very much easy, you know. And you could you could you could maybe only de- you know actually dedicate um, ten minutes a day, but ten minutes a day over three years um, is going to put you in a much better position than just kind of um, you know. And it, we're talking odds here, aren't we? We're talking odds. We're just trying to say increasing your odds of actually um, getting that first job. I mean, what do you think about that? Correct. I think we've increasing your odds is a key word because especially if you're starting out, you don't really have that network. So one of the ways that you're talking about is I think LinkedIn, whether or not you're going to get something immediately right now, that's really good practice. And it's this kind of thing of like you're saying of planting a 
um, flower or whatever. You're not going to see something straight away. Yeah. But over years, that tree or what have you will blossom and you build a network. And the network is extremely important. That's what really keeps my livelihood. So as a part one architectural assistant, getting your network out there can be really important. I've seen people do it in a way by sharing their sketches, sharing their work, all this stuff really, really bodes well. And you can get you presence. And that's what you need when you haven't got an existing network is you need to expand it so that you build presence, you get seen by more and more people. And over time, that will pay off. Now, and I think that's a really good exercise and you should do that. But also, I think what's really important as well is that you need to get your CV and portfolio out there. And hey, it's, how do you do that? You can apply for a job online, but chances are, if it's on a job board, then every Joe blogs like yourself is going to see that. And that's going to be extremely competitive, right? But what you what is, um, in my opinion, a much smarter tactic is to actually look at architectural practices locally, to make a list of them, get an Excel, get a database, get an Airtable, whatever it is. And you can find a template. I've got one on the architecturesocial.com. Whatever it is, you get something going and you get out there and you start approaching these companies. You ask people on LinkedIn if they know if there's a job opening and you would be surprised how many people will help you. And you'd be surprised that if you put an application direct to the company, it's, it's never going to be seen as a negative. It's always a positive. They haven't got a role for you. They haven't got a role for you, but put it this way. If you're sending a beautiful CV and portfolio direct to the company, yeah, and and it's presented well. Chances are, people are going to notice, and it will and it will bode really well. It's going to be it's going to be a good thing. It's not going to be seen as a negative. I think that actually that's going to really help you out. So you've got to build that network, and you've got to make yourself present. And presence is the key word. And presence can come from building up network. It can come from doing LinkedIn, but it can also, I think, it comes from getting your CV and portfolio in front of people. And let me tell you, you're not very present if you send off an application to a job posting, which has 100 applicants as well. You're one in 100. You have a one in 100 chance to be invited for an interview. That's quite low odds. But if you do that and then you message 100 architectural practices, chances are one of those 100 will invite you in for an interview. I think the stats was one in 10 applications anecdotally around this area gets a response. Now, notice I use the word response. Yeah, that ain't um, getting an, 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 an interview. That's a response. And even less than that, you're going to get an interview. Some responses are no. Some responses are thank you, but no thank you. Some are we haven't got a position right now and some are um some are as well as that and we'd like to invite you for the interview which is great and that's kind of what you ideally want and so we're talking about here the strategizing the job search so let's summarize quickly jason so we talked about designing the the cv and portfolio because that's what's gonna grab people's attention that's um that's what 
is going to initially get the conversation going. And then you've got to get that in front of people to be invited for the interview. But then the next part, Jason, is actually we want to get in for an interview, right? Which is kind of like the the execution. So if you were the postman before, now the goods are in front. You've got to be the marketeer, the salesman, the um, the convincing person that they meet you and at the end they think this person could be part of our company. I mean, what do you think, Jason? Does it make sense what I've said so far about designing the CV and getting it out there to yeah. get into? I think as well, I just would like to add that mm. to, to terms of strategy, and I think this is a good one. There's a top tip that, um, you know, I tell the people I mentor, so I'm giving away free advice here, is uh, you, you can be a bit more um, strategic about it in a sense of if you're, if you subscribe to like the construction magazines, the look at the planning applications in your area or your city, or where you want to work, and you, you see um, what's just been received planning permission, um, then you can you can search which practice designed that particular building. They're going from you know um, from, from obviously from planning and then um, the clients or what you know nine times out of ten want to build it, and 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 you know then then it's you know as you as you as you may know, then it's into that detailed design phase. And they'll, they'll, they, the likelihood is if it's a particular sizable project, they'll be recruiting because, you know, you, you keep a certain staff level. So, so I, I, I always, I always um, tell the people I mentor to really study um, the planning applications, look at the construction newsletters that are free and announcing that there's these, um, you know, plan, successful planning applications and then straight away you should target that practice and send your CV in. And you know they, they, that 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 is a that is a very successful approach um, from from you know not just the architectural assistants but also architects. You know, yeah, I I I, I don't know if you'd thought of that one before. Very good point, and I think it's great, and it adds another perspective that I wouldn't have thought about, and I think that's what this is all about. I, I just, it, there's a lot going on in the process, and like, but at the same time, we're we can overcomplicate these things, right? I think sheer tenacity really helps, and actually just thinking about what the goal is, it's about getting in front of people to get hired. So, completely agree with you, Jason. Um, what I was going to pick your thoughts on as well. So the next stage, because I think sometimes you can, we can forget because your, your head initially at the start is designing the CV and portfolio. Now I think you can, the net, actually getting your CV out there and emailing people is probably the first point where it starts to get real, right? Starting to get like really real. And what I mean by that is that people are going to see it is becomes from, it goes from being an assignment to actually being um, physical because soon you're sending that out there. Okay, it's digital now, but the idea is that you're going to get an interview and probably the first interview in person that you're getting invited to, if you're anyone, any if anything like me, I was incredibly nervous because the idea of being invited for an interview is at first, I, I was scared. You know, it's like, it's just... It's, 
awful idea of you're going to be in a room and people are going to judge you. And um, I wish that someone told me at the time that actually interviews are no different than anything else. I mean, architecture um, students, we do crits, we do presentations, right? That's essentially part of an interview but also there's an element of the human interaction which is really important so for anyone out there and we can talk about interviews in more detail in another time but just think about an interview actually you you got to plan for it you got to strategize towards having this interview you've got to you got to strategize about what you're going to wear you've got to make sure you're on time and all that stuff but actually going to the interview being human going through your cv and portfolio is going to be the key thing. And I think the one bit that I would just summarize with everyone here is that actually that people buy with, um, make decisions or buy with emotion backed by logic. And what I mean by that is you're going to go and you've got to have your Revit and you've got to go through your design work and they need to think that you have some level of aptitude, but the reality is the person will make a decision based upon how that conversation's gone whether you're engaging, whether they think that you're charismatic or bright or astute or part of the company culture. And all those things are emotional because you can't really measure them. I can measure how many how years someone's done Revit, but there's like this intangible thing about what someone um, could be the company material, right? There's a tangible feeling in the air when you go for an interview with someone and as the hiring manager, you meet someone and you're like, wow, that person's going places. We should really make them an offer to join our team. And that's emotion. And then people back it up with logic. They will go, oh, that, that lady, she was amazing. Um, that, that bright candidate was awesome. He was great. She was great, whatever. And it's going to be like, I felt that they, that was an exhilarating interview. and that candidate had Revit, but people make that decision. Jason, have you seen that also in, in meetings as well? People making emotional decisions backed by logic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it, 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 you know, you, you've seen the CV and you've obviously called that person in um, for a reason. Um, mm. So, you know, it, it, for me, when you go to an interview, it's essentially about losing that job, um, not getting, getting, getting that job. So you can go in there and, you know, they're already interested and that's the way, that's the way you should approach it in your mind. Your mindset should be, well, this, this is my, you know, this is my job to um, lose. You know, I've, I, I go in there thinking I've already got the job and that, but, you know, if, if, you, if you have a, a bit of a different mindset, but, the, you know, I know we're going to get into that in another clubhouse. Mm. But, you know, if you if you kind of um, think about that emotion, that, you know, that my, my other top tip is, you know, if you're going into an office and it's an, in, uh, an in-person meeting, you know, be nice to the receptionist. Be nice to um, everyone that you meet on the way into that office because you never know. I mean, I... I um, I ask for feedback on other people, um, you know, who who the, that that person I'm interviewing is interacted with, and mm. like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of it? What do you think of that person? And if you're like rude to the first person you meet, um, or um, you, you're not very engaging with them, you know, that that might have a bearing on, you know, you um, 
go into the next stage. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it's uh, it's definitely um, it's 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 a hard thing to overcome. It takes practice, and it's very easy for me to say mm. all this now, Jason. But you're right; it's it, it comes with time. But I wish that someone told me, especially when I was interviewing at the start, like a it's not um, the end of the world. And as you said, the chances are if someone's invited you to an interview, then they think there's something there, right? They're not inviting you into yeah. an interview yeah. to waste their time because interviews take time. It's because they think that you've got the right material, that you could be the right person. So uh, on that basis, I do agree with your analogy. It's it's there to, to lose um, per se. But, uh, you know, unless you do drop a few clangers, I don't, I don't think really you're, you're in, a, in a position where you're likely to lose. If you, the reality is if you do your hard work in the CV and portfolio and you mentally get over the fact that, you know, this is going to be stressful, it's an interview, and you prepare yourself, then the best thing, the, the other best bit of advice I can give anyone in an interview is try as much as you can to be present in the conversation. Now, it's so hard, and and I... I'm guilty of doing this time to time, but I do try and practice being present. And what I mean by that is that sometimes, especially if I've been nervous in the situation or I'm going into a meeting where I'm nervous, I can kind of rehearse in my brain what I'm going to say, Jason. And I almost like when the person's talking, I'm not really listening to what they're saying. I'm getting ready. Yeah, I'm getting ready to say the next thing. And we do that not because we're rude or not because 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 A, we're nervous, but it B is because we want to make a good impression. But what happens there is you're in danger of not actually being present in the conversation. And another thing that I think really bodes well in interviews is it's that eye contact. It's kind of moving with the flow. And I think sometimes the downsides, whenever I see people doing presentations and if they're reading from scripts, I'm just feel like tearing up that script and saying like, you've got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that. It's a bit like Microsoft um, XP. If anyone used it, we would just go to a blue screen and just crash. Right, Jason is like, oh my goodness, yeah. it just crashed. And sometimes I find that whenever someone's rehearsed an interview to death, then if the question comes up that they don't understand, basically the Microsoft blue screen of death comes up, and that can really derail an interview. Now, um. The trick to go around this is to rehearse your material, but don't follow it like verbatim script. Jason, I think, yeah. have know your beats, but be prepared to answer questions. And if you don't know the answer, you can actually say you don't know the answer. Um, I mean, Jason, what do you think about free-flowing, being present, and avoiding a robot-like script talk? Definitely, you know, that that is key. You know, you 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 um you have to you have to engage and that means eye contact, it means listening, being absolutely present, you know, um thinking on your feet as well. And these are these are all things that, you know, you what you've got to understand is the person who's hiring you is thinking of all sorts of you know things like are they going to fit into the the culture in the office? Mm. Are they going to get on with people? You know, the last thing you want to do is have someone who's uh, you know polarizing, um, in in a sense. But also that you know the from time to time um, through progression, you're going to meet the clients, and are they going to be good in front of clients? Um, 
as well. So they're thinking of all all of these things, mm. um, you know. And if you if you kind of have that in mind when you when you kind of thinking about before you go into for this interview that these are the sort of um, you know things that they're going to going to be uh, need to be aware of and how you come across then you, you you put yourself in better chance i mean if you're very robotic and you're just looking down and i see this all the time at the universities um i i fear for a lot of the 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 students i'll be really honest you know yeah. great designs great um you know great great presentations but my god they can't sell themselves and they can't sell that design and I, I think it's a dirty word often in architecture, but you've got to be great at sales. Yeah, you've yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and and yeah. actually, that can come with practice. And you're right; the word sales is like an awful word. It's like in dinner parties, I say I do sales. People look at me like I kill someone. Like, Ugh, sales, awful. You must you rob and steal. But no, actually, it's about it's about conveying an idea and believing in your product and making. And more importantly, identifying their consumers' needs. So, for example, okay, let's just bring that back quickly to the, what we're talking about today with yeah. the job the job hunt. Actually, you have to identify that in the architectural practice where you can offer value. It's being keen, being available to learn, getting, implying maybe the software that you've learned and your aptitude for hard work and helping out the team with difficult projects. Now, I'm not on about staying late all night and all that jazz and slave labor not being paid. I'm saying just actually being part of the team and getting stuff done. And I think that those are the characteristics and the skills that are going to really get you um, attention in the interview is going to make the person think like, wow, we've got deadlines coming up. Maybe Jason would be fantastic on my team. You know, we need someone with um, their ability. And, and I think that once you realize that's the opportunity that you're going for, you have to convey to them that that's what you can do. You can fill that need and you can make that business easier. And if you successfully do that, if you convince them um, or you alleviate, this is maybe a better word for alleviate them of any doubts that you can't do that, they, may, they feel like you can, are the right person to do that, then I think that you are the right person person you are the right fit and then and if they think that then they're going to make you a job offer now on that basis we're talking about job offers that's kind of to me like the last stage if we're going to summarize here what we talked about at the start is designing your application getting your applications out there which is the one bit that people don't talk about that much which is probably the most important thing because People need to see your application and invite you in for the interview. Then you've got to do the application, which is convincing someone that you are the right person for the company and the role. And should you do that? Should you, you convey that opinion that you can? You get the job offer. Now, if you've not been picky at the start, if you've sent your application to more places, then probability is going to go in your hand lady luck will be on your side and you might have one you might have more than one job offer and wouldn't that be a fantastic thing so then you're in the driving seat to think about what kind of company 
do you want to work for? What is the right fit? Now, sectors probably at the start of your career, Jason, you tell me about this. I don't think they matter a huge deal at the start because you can kind of correct that over the course of your career. Obviously, yeah, there's, there's one or two exceptions like joining Jason's team on nuclear is going to be very sector driven, but you are the anomaly on that front, Jason, right? You know, if you, if some, if, if someone does works on residential, you, you probably can move to commercial hospitality later, whatever. But what I do think is important at the start, and you tell me if you agree with this, Jason, is about what kind of environment do you want to go into? I mean, in the interview, did the company give you a feeling that they were going to support you in your career? Did they feel like they've got time to invest in part ones and part twos? Do they think that they are able to um, keep you there longer than just a year or two? Is it a long-term thing? I mean, Jason, what kind of good signs would you say um, people should look out for in offers and going into interviews and soaking in cultures of companies? I'm not. I'm not going to talk about my situation because I I joined <laughs> I joined in the recession and I was just there. So glad that um, I I joined the nuclear sector before the whole of the world completely collapsed the last time, and uh, you know, and uh, I've stayed there. But you know, it it. I think we we're in a situation. Yes, we've got um, a lot of high inflation at the minute, but the job market is still very very. Um, well, it's very, very good, and there's a lot of shortage of um, of, of people. Um, and, and you know, as you know, Stephen, there's you know, there's there's lots of jobs, especially especially in London. And you know, there's um, that is that is an absolute um, fantastic thing. You, you question your question again was just repeat that for me. I can't even remember anymore. What was my question? Let's see. I was thinking more about offers, what to look yeah. for in, I guess, what to, what should, and, yeah. yeah, when you're making decisions and we will, we'll talk about this further and properly over that we can, because in this topic, you can talk for an hour on it. But generally, I think that my one little nugget of advice is that when you're, if you've got one or two job offers, it should be about, do you really want to work at that company? Can you imagine yourself in the room there? Do you think that they're going to be supportive? And yeah. sometimes the flashy architecture company, which you thought would be the best fit, you might actually be surprised that one of the other ones you meant was an un underdog and that actually you really liked them. You like the person, you like the team leader. So is there any signs yeah. that you think are good, Jason, like a good good signs to look for when you've got an offer, things people should think about? Yeah, this is obviously when you, obviously when you cut the you went to the interview and, and the interview was conducted, I'm always I always want to meet the people I'm gonna be working with because I've been to interviews before where a partner of a practice has interviewed me and then I've turned up, um, accepted the job offer because it was, it was all great and it seemed the office seemed great. And then I, I, the person I was working with was just, um, not the person who interviewed me. So I'd encourage, um, people who are actually interviewing, um, or you as, um, or even before you accept to say, look, can I come into the office and can I meet the people I'm going to be working with? before I accept this offer, that is a tactic I've always used. You know, so if I can't meet them on the day of the interview or they, you know, you're, you're up against many other people, but then you do get that offer, go into the office, 
meet the people you're going to be working with. Um, that that is the best advice I can give. And I'll tell you a, a quick, a very quick story of why. So I went. I'm not going to name the practice, but I went for um, an interview in a practice in the middle of the of the UK because I, I don't want to give this away. And uh, what, you know, went in, met the partner, and met the the um, two associates in this huge office, this big grand office. And I was thinking, wow, this is this is fantastic. Um, and you know, I accepted the offer, and I moved from where I was. Um, set up and went into the office on my first day and I walked into this um, big office and there was like no one there but two people and the two people who were with the this partner and I went well, where is everyone you know I see it's like uh, nine o'clock and and uh, no one's here he said oh this is it this is it we um we took this lease over on this office and we lost these huge projects and uh you know, we, we're, we're just slowly starting to, you know, get back um, in, into where we were. So the, the two people who were side by side of the senior partner, he was from Manchester. He, he didn't he didn't work in that office. So I was in a small office, with a huge, well, huge office with two other people. And it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And um, I'd, I'd committed to six months to, to move in there. So always go and look around the office and meet the people before you accept that offer. Excellent. I think great advice. Now, I think we've kind of summarized the process, okay? And we're going to keep talking about these over the next few weeks. Now, just before we kind of end, because it wouldn't be fair not to have the one hand that's been patiently waiting. So as when, I'm going to invite you to the stage and feel free to say what you want or ask a quick question or anything. And then what we might do, Jason, is we'll wind down the room, but we're letting the people know where they can find you and stuff. Um, cool. Right. So as when I'm going to invite you to the stage, if you want to join us. If not, no problem. Would anyone else like to come to the stage? You know, <laughs> it, well, it's, the, uh... the cleaner in the corner. There's not many people. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult time. Everyone, it's the end of your exhibitions, Jason. It's just they're it's all just, working hard. It's, it's everyone's working hard. I reckon. Well, I tell you what, Jason. While I will tell us where everyone can find you, and uh, I would love to know. Yeah, well, apart from LinkedIn, obviously you can find you can find me there. Um, but I also. Um, run a mentoring company um which is the global architect alliance which is also obviously on clubhouse as well um it's i've been in i've been now in business um for i think it, i'm coming up to six months i'm coming up to the half year mark and it's going really well um so you know i just encourage um i encourage if you what if you want to know more about mentoring and um you know I can talk about this particular topic in some detail as Stephen can as well. Yeah. Um, you know, please, please reach out to me. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, um, you know, um, uh, all, all sorts of that. And even on YouTube, I've got a YouTube channel, as I'm sure you have as well, Stephen. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you're right. We are, 
we did start up on, uh, set up on the our YouTube conquest together. Well, look, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate being here. Everyone can find out more stuff on the architecturesocial.com. Now I'm going to end the chat and there's going to be, so I'm going to end the recording in a second. So the moment of truth will be in a bit. Whether Jason blocks me or not, depending on whether this recorded successfully, as I've not done a replay in the room. So thank you everyone for being here for this wonderful experiment. Jason, you stay with me a little bit. I'm going to end the recording now. And thank you everyone. Next week we will talk about CVs, architecture CVs as a part one architectural assistant. Take care, everyone. All right. Bye bye now. Goodbye. Thank you.